The Ministry of Truth unveiled in America as the Biden Department of Homeland Security announces a new government disinformation board. This is going to be led by this woman named Nina Jankowitz. We're going to learn a little bit more about her today. We're also going to see where this all originated. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas responding to a congressional inquiry in a subcommittee. We also are going to learn more from Senator Ron Johnson upset about this already right out of the gates on April 27th, sending a letter over to DHS Secretary Mayorkas demanding to know more not only about the misinformation disinformation board, but also about Nina Jankowitz and some of the misinformation that she has spread relating to the Hunter Biden saga. We're going to get some background here from Politico. You see the photograph of Nina Jankowitz here, and this is what Politico tells us from their playbook. It says the Department of Homeland Security is standing up a new disinformation governance board to coordinate countering misinformation related to Homeland Security. I guess at the homeland, focused specifically on irregular migration and Russia. Well, that's interesting. Migration. We'll talk more about that. That's something that Ron Johnson's upset about. Nina Jankowitz is going to head the board as the executive director. Previously was a disinformation fellow at Wilson Center, advised Ukrainian foreign ministry, huh, as a part of the Fulbright Public Policy Fellowship. We'll learn more about that. And oversaw Russia and Belarus programs at the National Democratic Institute. Wow. So she's just been all over the place. We're going to dive in more and learn a lot more about her in a minute. She has a very active Twitter account and active Twitter following. So many people have combed through her background and seen a little bit more about what her perspective is on misinformation and disinformation and free speech, just plain old regular information. But before we get there, let's see where this all came from. This was Alejandro Mayorkas, Department of Homeland Security Secretary. In front of Congress, there was a subcommittee there in the House of Representatives where they're talking about how dangerous misinformation and disinformation is. And remember that what they're doing here is they're defining those terms so that they can exclude certain conversations from the narrative, from the entire conversation. They can say, we're only allowed to talk about these things because the rest of this is categorized as dangerous information. It can fall either in the disinformation category or the misinformation category. And the way that they generally subdefine those is disinformation is stuff that is actively, aggressively put out there to impede other people's progress. We know it's disinformation. We know it's not real and we're shoving it down your throats. And we're going to see that a big part of what's happening here is regular legitimate conversation that is in no way any parts illegitimate to the political conversation is being included and reclassified as disinformation. That's a little bit different than misinformation as they classify it. It is information that is wrong, but not intentionally wrong, which is disinformation is intentional, er er erroneous information. But when you boil this all down in practice, what it means is that these people get to define what is legitimate speech, what is legitimate conversation. The rest of it is disinformation or misinformation. Because if you say, well, my facts are as follows, they say, holy moly, that's disinformation because the CDC said so-and-so or the World Health Organization said so-and-so or whatever bureaucratic agency dictated that this was reality. Therefore, anything that you say is now out of bounds. You get the point. Let's listen to Alejandro here and this other government politician, House of Representative congressperson who is uh, very concerned about this. These two are going to mash their heads together and come up with a solution. Another huge threat to our homeland is mis- and disinformation. 
You noted that it's a concern of yours at the border with human smuggling organizations peddling misinformation to exploit vulnerable migrants for profit. One of my main concerns about disinformation is that foreign adversaries attempt to destabilize our elections by targeting people of color with disinformation campaigns. Okay. After it became clear that there was foreign meddling in our 2016 election, the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence authored a report on the disinformation tactics used by Russia's Internet Research Agency, the IRA, to interfere in the election. The report found that, quote, no single group of Americans was targeted by the IRA information operatives more than African-Americans. Russia, Russia, Russia. The trend that we saw in the 2020 election and already in the 2022 midterms is that disinformation is being heavily targeted at Spanish-speaking voters, Mm. sparking and fueling conspiracy theories. DHS and its components play a big role in addressing mis and disinformation in Spanish and other languages. Can you share what steps you've taken? What are you going to do? you have to address Spanish language mis and disinformation through department-wide approach. What are you going to do to ensure that our communication platforms, our demographic constituencies are not interfered with so that they don't start believing in conspiracy theories what are the conspiracy theories? I don't know. Whatever this woman defines are conspiracies. She just gets to define those things. And then she expects the government, the Department of Homeland Security, to go out there and make sure that those guardrails are in place so that certain constituencies are not going to be jeopardized by disinformation, this new thing that is happening. So let's listen to the answer. Um, uh, Congresswoman, we have a number of different offices engaged in this critical effort. Of course, our cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency um, has an entire effort focused on election security mm. uh, as part of its mission set. Our Office of Policy, Office of Planning, Policy and Strategy um, also uh, is a leading effort. Uh, uh, our undersecretary uh, for policy, Rob Silvers, is co-chair uh, with our principal deputy general counsel, Jennifer Daskal, in um leading a just recently constituted uh, misinformation, disinformation governance board. Oh. Bringing, uh, the goal is to bring the resources of the department together to address this threat. I just read a very interesting study that underscores the importance uh, of the, the point that you make, uh, the, the spread of mis and disinformation in minority communities specifically, and we are focused on that in the context of our CP3 and other efforts. Yeah, you know, I, I've i always felt like this is very insulting. And this administration has been very insulting to people in minority communities. I mean, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden were <laughs> speculating that people of certain minorities and demographics would not be able to vote in an election because they couldn't get access to a fax machine or they couldn't go, you know, put something in the mail or they couldn't drive. It was insane. I was like, what are these people talking about? What country are they living in? It was very insulting to people and they did it anyways. Here they're saying the same thing. Apparently, you know, certain communities can't decipher what's true and what's not. And they're just too confused. And you know, what do I know about it? But here we know that there is a new misinformation, disinformation governance board. And guess who's going to run it? This stellar candidate we have here, her name, Nina Jankowitz. She's on Twitter at Wixipedia, which is just really fun. Got a blue check mark, got an American flag. But guess what comes before the American flag? The Ukrainian flag, obviously. Over here in her background profile photo, she also has the Ukrainian flag 
And I think that is, I don't know what she's wearing there, but you can see very, very interesting woman says, oh, here we go, folks. April 27th, 417 in the morning. Cats out of the bag, she writes. Here's what I've been up to the past two months and why I've been a bit quiet on here. Honored to be serving in the Biden administration at DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, to keep you safe, everybody, and helping shape our counter disinformation efforts. It's like literally the Ministry of Truth. Okay, Political gave us the background. We already read some of that. Very excited about this. So excited, in fact, she posted a headshot that you can use at your leisure. She went over there to the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, took a photo there in a blue blazer looking fabulous and said, hey, everybody, here's my official portrait to grab your attention. I told you she's kind of an interesting person, says now that I've got it, a huge focus of our work and indeed one of the key reasons the board was established is to maintain the department's commitment to protecting free speech. (laughs) She's a joker too. She's got a little spunk. She posts the official portrait to grab your attention and then she's joking like she's going to protect free speech (laughs) and privacy and civil rights and civil liberties. Go America. She's got to be just laughing her ass off as she's sitting there. Sorry for that profanity there. She's typing this tweet, just giggling like a schoolgirl. I'm sure saying, watch this, folks. You're not going to believe this. I'm going to establish the Ministry of Truth, the governance board for disinformation in America. And I'm going to say that I'm doing it for free speech and privacy and civil rights. Hysterical. Now, she's onto something. She's not a dummy. I mean, she's been around all over the world, very qualified person, very highly educated, according to the Harvard class. I don't think she actually went to Harvard. I think it was Georgetown or something. But, you know, that same group of people. But she is not dumb. She knows during some of these speeches how people react when this sort of encroachment comes down upon them. When you have a dictatorial bureaucracy that has its boot on your neck. People don't like that very much. She's not dumb. She acknowledges that. She's just not seeing it through the lens of the American citizen. She's seeing this as though I think Americans are very uh, conforming. They'll just say, okay, sure. Uh, We'll just sit down here and uh, take your ministry of truth down our gullets. I don't think that's going to be the case. She knows what that might sound like in other parts of the world when she was engaged in her studies. First of all, color revolutions have nothing to do with race. The term was coined in the early 2000s when countries like the Republic of Georgia and Ukraine had spontaneous, peaceful, democratic revolutions that had colorful nicknames. In 2003, the Georgian opposition protested the opening of a new session of parliament based on fraudulent election results. Hmm. They did it while carrying roses, hence the Rose Revolution. In 2004 and 2005, Ukrainians protested their own rigged election. Candidate Viktor Yushchenko's campaign branding was orange, hence the orange revolution. You mm. get the idea. Yeah. Color revolutions have earned a bad rap, though, mostly thanks to Vladimir Putin, because uh. they brought in democratically-minded governments that threatened Russian influence in the region. Putin likes to suggest they are CIA-organized. That is not true. Believe it or not, sometimes people get fed up with having their voices silenced for decades. Oh, did you hear that there? Sometimes people get fed up, sick and tired of having their voices silenced for decades. Putin's narratives intentionally rob protesters of agency. They discount the grievances that brought them to the streets, risking their lives. And ultimately, they undermine the resulting governments. And now we're seeing the same narrative cropping up here in the United States. Here's why it doesn't fit. 
First of all, in case we've forgotten, protest is a democratic right. You are entitled to it no matter your opinion. Second of all, color revolutions happen in autocracies, when people are fed up with the indignities of an entrenched regime. While we have witnessed some democratic backsliding here in the United States, what does that mean? We are not an autocracy. We still have checks and balances. We okay. still enjoy democratic rights. Certainly, we are not Georgia in 2003, Ukraine in 2004, or Belarus today. Finally, and perhaps most importantly, these events usually happen in response to a rigged election. Even today, we should still have the confidence that our votes will be counted fairly and accurately. I do. And as a reminder, there's only one candidate who is tweeting about rigged election results. So, in short, Ah. color revolutions aren't dirty. Ah, so you see where her political leanings are here. Very articulate, very bullet-pointed personality. Somebody who can deliver talking points very well, and she can talk out of both sides of her mouth. She can talk about democracy and freedom and preserving our civil liberties at the same time, saying that you don't really have an opportunity to protest an election. There's only one candidate out there who is, you know, the next sentence, the next logical conclusion of this problem that she's finding is that it's disinformation and it must be precluded, right? That's where this goes. It goes from Donald Trump or whomever is just kind of complaining about the results to now saying it's a fake whatever, and then that becoming a problem that needs to be remedied. We have to to exclude, excommunicate that person off of the platform because it's dangerous to other people. It results in things like January 6th or whatever. So you can see her narrative is very polished. It's very well done. I mean, if you can imagine somebody who you'd want at the Ministry of Truth, that you'd want somebody who's got some charisma, who has the ability to deliver a message and who apparently has no qualms about talking about protecting democracy and civil liberties at the same time she's creating and becoming a part of a board that is directed at stifling speech. Very, very powerful, very polished Ministry of Truth leader. She has more background, though. We can see here on Twitter. Here's a clear example of exactly that censorship. Here, Donnie O'Sullivan posted this back on Twitter on January 29th, saying Twitter says it has quit taking action against lies about the election, the previous election that is so problematic. Here, she responded saying, oh no, considering the long-term damage these lies do, saying things, sharing opinions, promulgating things that may even not be accurate, right, is now dangerous and causing long-term damage to the democracy. I'm dismayed by this decision. So people out there saying things, even if they're not true, is damaging democracy. So you have to do something about that. You got to shut them up because you can't solve that problem, according to her worldview, by letting those ideas out there and let them be debated and refuted and debunked. It's too dangerous to have an idea floating out there. They've got to get rid of it. And so Twitter is not getting rid of it anymore or coming down on people. She's upset about this, says, I say this about foreign disinformation, and it applies to domestic disinfo, too. Elections aren't an endpoint. They're an inflection point. Policies need to reflect that, saying that we need to do something about this. Policies need to reflect an ongoing narrative. They're not an endpoint. The election's over, meaning you don't let up your censorship. They're just an inflection point. The policies need to maintain from election to election. You can't let this backsliding go. In other words, you can't raise your shields only when it's election season and then drop your shields. They got to be up all the time against disinformation. Here, she continues. She writes, back on the laptop from hell, posted this October 22nd, 2020, just a short few days before the election took place, says, apparently, Biden notes, 
50 former national security officials and five former CIA heads that believe the laptop is a Russian influence op. And we know that's been debunked. Even the New York Times and the Washington Post have all confirmed this now. So this person here was literally on Twitter in October of 2020, retweeting or tweeting literal disinformation that came out from the Democrats, from these 50 former NATSEC officials, from these five former CIA heads. They signed a stupid letter that they either knew or had reason to know or should have known better was inaccurate. They signed it. It's not accurate. It's now been confirmed two years later after the election's over. They bring it up and she was spreading it around on the internet, on Twitter. And she's going to be in charge of stopping that from happening now. Beautiful. She says, Trump just says Russia, Russia, Russia. Well, that was not accurate. Why were you tweeting that? Here, she also says, uh, Jankowitz has advised the Ukrainian government. This is a full biography. And I got this over from Jack Posobiec, said that on strategic communications, she was there under the Fulbright Clinton Public Policy Fellowship, been highly involved with Ukraine, right? We talked about some of that previously. Another tweet here says the Trump speech is definitely the most presidential thing he's ever done, but still missing a disavowal of disinformation and conspiracy theories. He's got to disavow it. And once again, for these people in the back, the free speech versus censorship framing, she says, is a false dichotomy. It's not one or the other. You know, what we're doing is not censoring you. We're protecting your free speech by limiting the amount of speech you can have and the things you can say. We're protecting it. It's literally from 1984. All right. So Congress unhappy about this already. Senators chiming off. April 27, 2022, Ron Johnson was the first out of the gate on this one. I think the same day they announced it, basically. He says, Dear Mayorkas, Department of Homeland Security, I write to request information regarding the DHS and their plan to create this new disinformation governance board. Apparently, this is purportedly related to homeland security issues, as you say. The political report told us that it was focused on migration in Russia. Nina Jankowitz was confirmed. The Biden administration, says Ron, is not proven itself to be a credible arbiter of disinformation. In fact, he says, it's taken steps to silence information that is unflattering to them. He, and then they call it disinformation. For example, he writes, unnamed intelligence officials, the media and social media platforms engaged in a coordinated effort to censor stories about Hunter's laptop and his questionable financial dealings under the false label of disinformation. Footnote three shares this story from Fox News. And we've covered most of these. Another story over from Twitter referencing Nina Jankowitz and her announcement. The letter continues, Miss Jankowitz herself Mayorkas has been a beacon of misinformation online. She has published multiple tweets furthering the false media narrative about the laptop, which we just talked about. In one tweet, she wrote, the intelligence community has a high degree of confidence that the Kremlin used proxies to push the narrative. Writes, this was a clear nod to the alleged Hunter laptop. In another, she referenced the origins about how the laptop came into possession, calling it a fairy tale. Here are those tweets specifically. She posted this October 22nd, again, just days before the election, another one just days before. Lots of news yesterday. So initially missed this piece by somebody casting yet more doubt on the Hunter Biden story. All true, confirmed. She's spreading misinformation, disinformation. In 2019, people in Ukraine were trying to sell access to the Biden's emails for $5 million, alleged. It's not to mention that the emails don't need to be altered to be part of an influence campaign. Voters deserve the context, not a fairy tale about a laptop repair shop. 
throwing shade on a legitimate story. The media was out there actually spreading disinformation because they had a dog in the fight. They wanted Joe Biden to win the election. And if this story got feet, that would be a big problem for them. So the answer was to circle the wagons, bring everybody out, call it disinformation, even though that was actually disinformation, and then proffer that story forward to the American people. And she spread it here. She says, I see the intelligence community has a high degree of confidence that the Kremlin used proxies to push influence narratives, including misleading or unsubstantiated claims about President Biden to U.S. officials, influencers, and some even close to President Trump. A clear nod to the alleged Hunter laptop. That's several tweets. Disinformation. The letter continues from Ron Johnson says she posted these tweets. Now DHS is creating a board to counter misinformation by focusing on, quote, irregular migration. What? Says DHS is taking action just weeks after announcing it's going to stop Title 42. CBP is reporting 7,000 encounters a day. DHS even concedes that it expects to encounter another 18,000 migrants a day after Title 42 is lifted. So what are you doing this for? He finishes, says, you claim this administration's border policies are humane, but the crisis caused by your policies have only added to the many tragedies caused by the immigration. I am concerned that your disinformation board is only going to serve to silence or censor those voices critical of your disastrous policies and serve as political cover over your failure to secure the border. Therefore, he says, I am asking, number one, that you provide the statute that allows DHS to create a disinformation board or appoint board members or assign and hire staff. In other words, what's your authority to create this ministry of truth? And how do you define there? Number two, misinformation. I'd like to know what his answer is also for disinformation. What does DHS consider to be a regular migration? Anything that's not through a point of entry? What does DHS consider to be misinformation about irregular migration? And what does DHS component or office is responsible for monitoring or collecting this data? And how many staff are on this? We're Congress. We have the power of the purse. We have to decide what to budget for you people over there. And what is their assignment? What are their job descriptions and classifications for these Ministry of Truthers? Says, lastly, what specific actions does DHS intend to take to, quote, counter misinformation? Johnson writes, please provide this information as soon as possible, but no later than 5 p.m. May 6, 2020. Thank you for your attention to this matter. Now, as I mentioned at the very start of this video, we are already seeing politicians using this in Congress to craft this disinformation narrative to try to exclude their political rivals. Here, Democrat Rep. MGS, her name is Mary Gay Scanlon over from Pennsylvania, 5th District, says, claims it's disinformation to ask Biden's Department of Homeland Security official about the border crisis. Here's what that sounds like. I'm sorry that so much of this hearing has been wasted with political grandstanding oh. and disinformation. There it is. So that makes it illegal. Whoever was talking about anything that she didn't like, well, now you're going to be in violation of the new Biden Department of Homeland Security Censorship Ministry of Truth Governance Board for misinformation and disinformation. We're going to see a lot more of this. I have no doubt about it because the narrative is crumbling all around them and the tools that they have left are sort of government levers of power. They're in charge for a short while. They've got an election coming up and they want to stop this crumbling 
from continuing. So we'll continue to follow. I hope that you stick around and join us on that journey. I would love it if you subscribed and shared this video before you got out of here. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.